Hey, this is Victor Antonio, and welcome to another Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me your ears. Today, I want to talk about, I think this is going to be a small rant, because I heard something today. It just kind of bothers me when I hear this message put out there about selling, because it makes salespeople look bad. Let me explain. So I'm listening to this guy talk about sales. And he says the following, and I'm going to paraphrase, but here's what he said. If you sell somebody who comes into, let's say, your retail store, and you sell them, great. That's kind of a transaction, he said. It's a sale, but it's really a transaction. He said a real sale is when they said no, and you convinced them to say yes. He said, that's a real sale. And I thought about that. I go, what kind of logic, what kind of twisted logic is that? Now, this person's obviously promoting their program, their books, and so forth. But but I started to think about this is why salespeople get a bad rep. And that is when we are viewed as people who try to pressure people into making them buy things they don't want, that's how we are viewed as bad people. In other words, we're trying to sell people something not because they need it, because we need the commission. Who cares what they need? And that's pretty much what he was saying. But, I mean, really listen to that that if a person comes into your storefront and they buy right away, you show them value and they said yes, that's more of a transaction. That's not real selling, he said. But if they said no, and then they turned around and you happen to kind of manage it in a way that you persuaded them, you influenced them to say yes, then that's a real sale. Now let's really kind of deconstruct that. Let's say a person comes in and realizes it's not what they want. The last thing you want to do is have a salesperson nagging at you to buy something that you've acknowledged that you don't want. See, this person, this trainer, was treating people like zombies, like like idiots who didn't know good from bad or what they wanted. But a lot of people do know. See, we have this thing called the internet where people do research. They go online, they do research. They kind of know what they want. And so when they walk into your storefront, or let's say you're in a car dealership or at a store, whatever it may be, they kind of done some research already. Not kind of, they have most likely done research. Very few people do research before walking in a store. The majority of us review things online before we walk into a store. So we kind of have an idea of whether we want something or not. But let's go to the extreme. You walk in, you don't even know what you want. And then the person presents the value and you say no. Based on this person's instructions, they should just keep selling. You should just keep selling them until you get them to submit, to tap out and say yes. And that's what's wrong with selling today. That too many salespeople, and I shouldn't say too many, that's too very too generalized, but too often I run across salespeople who have this mindset. It's a transactional mindset. Close them. ABC, always be closing. That mindset. And again, back in the 70s, back in the 80s maybe, you could get away with stuff like that. Why? Because you, the salesperson, had the majority of information. The sales, the customer was at your mercy, so to speak. They didn't have the information, so they were willing to trust you to help them make a buying decision. Fast forward, today we have the internet. People have information, and if you try to force somebody to buy something, in other words, after they said no, you still try to sell them, they're going to push back. It's called sales reactors. They're going to push back. But worse, not only are you going to lose that customer probably forever and for life, that person is going to tell somebody else about their experience at your company or your business. This is what this individual wasn't thinking about. He was looking at the immediate customer sale. 
I come from the school of thought that I'm looking at customer lifetime value. I sell you once and I'm hoping that you enjoy the experience so much that you come back even more. That's long-term thinking. Also, I believe that it's always value for value. If I present value and you see the value, let's make an exchange. My value for your money, that's a value for value exchange. But if I force you to buy something you don't want because I'm a real good salesperson, I convinced you, I influenced you, what happens when you get home? Think about this. You get home, what is that person gonna feel when the aura of pressure is gone? In other words, there's no more pressure being applied. The person now looks at what they bought and they, said this, they say to themselves, what did I do? And all of a sudden, there's that buyer's remorse. There's that buyer's remorse, that anger that comes with it because you knew you were sold and it was such a high pressure sales pitch that you couldn't resist it. Now, blame the consumer, the buyer, for actually succumbing to that pressure. But where do we fit in as salespeople? What's our responsibility to consumers and buyers? Because when you're forcing somebody to buy something from you that you know, that you know they probably don't want or don't need, you know, what does that, where does that leave you? What type of person would do that? And when I was listening to this, I mean, my, my, my stomach turned because I said, this is what's wrong with the business of selling. This is the perception that a lot of people have of salespeople. They just want to close the deal. Doesn't matter whether you want it or not, they just want to close the deal so they can get their commission. So what's my suggestion? If I could talk to this guy, I said, why do you want to do that? Why do you need to find people to convince who've said no? Why do you need to convince them? Wouldn't it be better if your marketing strategy was better where you only attracted potential clients who were more inclined to buy than not? Now think about that. Instead of just having anybody come in or try to sell to everyone, what if your marketing was so good that you just attracted people who pretty much knew your product, kind of wanted you, your product, and maybe just needed a little more convincing? These are the people you want to talk to. Maybe they just need some more clarity. Maybe they need guidance. That's what they want. That's part of the seller experience, right? How do we sell to them? And the buyer experience is, hey, this person really helped me clarify my thoughts on what I want. Because think about a situation you've been in where you go somewhere, you go to a store, and let's say you decide you don't want to buy that product. You're like, you know what? Or buy that, let's say, suit. You go, nah, I don't want to get a suit today. A dress suit, if you're a guy. And now imagine a salesperson just banging away at you, trying to get you to close the deal, just trying to close the deal, trying to get you to buy this suit that's like $1,000. And you're like, I don't need it. I don't really want it. I was just looking. Now, when you look at that situation, I can only imagine what the person who's being sold is thinking at this point. How the heck do I get out of this place? How do I get away from this person? But worse, again, when they get home and they buy something they didn't want, I've seen this too many times. People get home, they buy things they don't want, and next thing you know, they're living with that regret and that often that shame because they're, 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 they're ashamed that they actually bought it. A good example, and you may criticize me for this, is I know a lot of people, a lot of people, who were pressured, literally pressured into buying a timeshare, buying a timeshare. And now, you know, they've had this timeshare for years and they literally can't get rid of it. Why? Because they were pressured into buying. What happens is they created an environment where they got them in the room, they basically closed all the doors, had no windows, created this reality, and then pressured them so much so that they finally succumbed, succumbed, I guess succumbed, or finally just accepted the fact that they wanted to buy that product or service, in this case, that timeshare. Now, that person now has to live with that decision. Now, the salesperson made their commission, they're happy, but now here's a consumer who now has to live with this decision for years to come. 
because the salesperson was only concerned about getting a commission. This is why we as salespeople get a bad rep. So if a customer says no, it's no. No means no. I mean, it's that simple. You know, this whole thing about, you know, turn a no into a yes. Well, again, you got to be talking to somebody who isn't that knowledgeable. But most people in today's market know what they want. They simply have done the research. They know what they need. No means no works 90% of the time. Now, is there going to be a situation where somebody says, no, I don't think I need that right now. And then notice the language is different, not no versus no, I don't think I need that right now. Now, if I as a salesperson can show you why you might need this right now, that's still providing value. I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm showing you, giving you insight into why you might need something right now. Maybe something that you're not thinking about. So I'm not saying that when somebody says no, you just walk out the door. There's two types of no. There's the hard no, leave me alone. I don't want this. And then there's no, I'm not sure. And when somebody's not sure, that means we as salespeople failed in our ability to communicate the value of the product or service we were offering. In that case, you can try to take that no, which is really a maybe, no, I'm not sure, right? Equals a maybe, but I'm not sure. Then you can try to offer the value, but I'm not saying pressure. I'm saying clarify their thinking. Give them the insight, something to think about. Like, I didn't think about that. I didn't know that. That's what you want them to say. I didn't know that. Oh, that is included also. Oh, I wasn't looking at it that way. That's the reaction when you're selling value to somebody. That's how you flip a no into a yes. But remember, it's not a hard no. It's a no, I'm not sure. No, maybe not now. No, let me think about it some more. And again, it's okay to try to help them think through it if you can. But if you go in with the mindset that a no isn't a no, it's always a yes, then that's a bad mindset. Some no's are simply no. So again, keep those in mind. And when you hear people talk about, even if they say no, just keep selling them, I don't know. I think it's a short-term gain, a short-term win, but in the long run, you lose, the customer lose, and we in the sales profession also lose. This is Victor Antonio with another Sales Influence Moment slash podcast reminding you that selling doesn't have to be hard when you know how. When you get a moment, check out my Sales Velocity Academy at salesvelocityacademy.com. Also, leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, or wherever you find this podcast. This is Victor Antonio again. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.